Welcome to the pink aisle with Hi. me, Emma Corey, oh, oh. and Henry Kaufman. Yeah. I wasn't sure what you wanted to do. Well, that, that I, I had your lead on, you know, you just got Yeah, gotta, yeah I guess. Uh-huh. I we're switching it up today. Yeah, I we're mean, in more ways than one, I suppose. We're watching this very strange Barbie movie today. Yes, unlike most of the other Barbie movies we've covered. This one's going to be, I guess, closer to home for some people, I supposedly. Because I don't know. I don't hear anyone full... ever talk about this one. Yes. Whereas the other Barbie stories have been usually fairy tale fantasy storytelling. Uh, we're going modern slice of life. Yeah, we're going hip. The, so Barbie is going to be appealing to the youths. In high school with a title song by Kesha. Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. So, if you couldn't already guess, we are covering the 2006 movie, The Barbie Diaries. Yeah. And technically, Mermaidia was released before this one, but it was in the same year. But we're going for The Barbie Diaries. We're going for The Barbie Diaries, partially because this seems like an extremely interesting specimen to properly examine. But also, I don't know, it seems good to be able to... Switch them out because most people do say that Mermaidia is actually a really, really good entry in the Barbie series. So, but I never really hear a lot of opinions about this one. Exactly. So, like in the event that this one ends up being a little bit of a dud, it, it might be good to be able to switch it up and like. Yeah. And coming off the tales of uh, watching uh, Pegasus. Yes. This is going to be a real change of pace. Exactly. So, we figured. This would be the way to go about this. Yeah. But yes, as you mentioned, this is a entirely different beast of a movie. So unlike most of the other Barbie movies, uh, most of the Barbie movies were produced by a studio known as Rainmaker. And they are known for making stuff like Reboot, Beast Wars, uh, Heavy Gear, Spider-Man, the new animated series. A lot of early CGI movies. They were definitely a big force in the industry within its infancy. But this one is going to be a movie that has been produced by Curious Pictures. Curious in more ways than one, it seems, because they've done stuff like Big Sheep in the City, Codename Kid Next Door, Little Einstein's Team Umizoomi. Like, most of these are primarily 2D animated movies, so to see them make such a shift into 3D animation and 3D motion capture yeah. animation. Yeah, according to Wikipedia, this is a motion capture film, and if you look at it, it has a very different style to any of the other Barbie movies. You can tell it's, like, not the same animation company they usually use because it's just got, like, this whole different vibe. I kind of feel like this was almost sort of, like, Barbie trying to go into, like, the sort of uh, brats teen girl in high school type thing and there's like a music theme with this one Mm -hmm. i don't think it's like 
an actual musical. I think it's just a movie that has yeah, musicals. Yeah, that's the thing. Ooh, we get to hear some mid-2000s pop songs in oh, this. Yeah. I am so psyched. I'm, I'm very glad, because the thing you gotta understand, listener, um, back in the late 2000s, there was a bit of a war between Mattel and MGA Entertainment. So by the late 2000s, they found the cash cow with the Bratz franchise, and they were considered more hip and... I guess, relatable to most younger girls for some reason. Whereas Barbie was seen as kind of old and rote. It had some elements of novelty to them that made them really big sales forces that caused Mattel to kind of reassess the way that Barbie has been branded. Because before this point, most of the Barbie movies, like we said, work on this sort of fairy tale logic where... Uh, most of these Barbies, their primary inspiration seemed to be Disney movies and the desire to emulate those movies. But now, with the Disney company being kind of on the out with the rise of Pixar and stuff... Yeah, this was more kind of like in line of like that sort of mid-2000s teen Disney Channel type comedy thing. Yeah, so, so. very reminiscent of like a That's So Raven or... I was thinking more or, something like like a Camp Rock or something Camp like Rock, that. Camp Rock, oh, or Zoe 101. <gasps> yeah, yeah that, it does have that, ooh. This is going to be a very interesting beast to tackle, so... Yeah. To make this even more interesting, this is the first movie that I believe both of us have never seen before. Nope. No, so we are going completely blind into this movie so yeah the only thing i remember with this movie is that on the magic of pegasus dvd i had there was two trailers for barbie movies there was one for mermaidia and then there was one for this movie where and the trailer for this movie was interesting because they did it in a style of like barbie speaking to her diary and talking about her life or whatever and i even as a kid i remember seeing that and being like okay is this the direction this series is going in now? Because this is definitely different. Yeah, definitely. I think with all that said, let's just go through the different writers that we have on staff. So the only major returning writer we have is Elise Allen. Uh, I believe she also worked on Barbie the first Fairytopia. Yeah, she was on Fairytopia. We've already gone through her, but... Interestingly enough, as a director of this movie, we have an Eric Fogel. You might recognize him because he was a writer and a creator for Celebrity Deathmatch, which was a very popular show on MTV. A lot of claymation figures just fighting each other. And also, somewhat infamously, being the writer and creator of Glenn Martin DDS. That was on... Nick at Night, and I yeah, remember... Yeah, that was, like, Nick at... They boasted that as, like, Nick at Night's first original series. Yeah, and it was always... Because it. I remember it being, like, a pretty sort of, like, vulgar show, which yeah. is always kind of, like... Not the sort of vibe you would yeah, expect from Nick at Night. Yeah, when I was a kid, Nick at Night would mostly play, like, Full House and the George Lopez show. So oh, ha- Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yeah, and Fresh Prince that. of Bel-Air, yeah, yeah. So having that... TV show just kind of randomly sandwiched in there was always, always felt kind of bizarre. Yeah, I, I've i never watched an episode because I did not really... It was not want... good from what I remember. Oh, I do not doubt it. But more recently, uh, he was also known for serving as a director for shows like Wally Kazam, which is a Nick Jr. show, as well as Descendants Wicked World, the CGI 
a spin-off of the popular Disney Descendants series, as well as being a, a director for a couple of episodes of Daria. So, like, there's some good stuff in there. But most interestingly, so the thing that has caught my eye the most in terms of the casting crew of this is as a second writer, alongside Elise Allen, there's a Laura McCreary. Now, Laura McCreary, she's mostly done production roles, so she's done writing for Hercules, the TV series, Pepper Ann, Fillmore, Kim Possible, uh, Lilo and Stitch, the series, American Dragon, Jake Long. If you were like someone who grew up on Disney when you were younger, these were some things that you would enjoy. But most recently, she has transitioned being a writer for American Dad, Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23, Fresh Off the Boat, as well as being a producer and writer for Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Interesting. Yeah. So I've not seen any episodes of Fresh Off the Boat, but Brooklyn Nine-Nine, that's a favorite of mine. Seeing like a producer and writer of two very critically acclaimed sitcoms on this staff, it does bring me at least some confidence because of the previous writing credits, a lot of people do give them praise for, like, having some surprisingly good writing. Yeah, and I feel like, at the very least, I feel like this movie, at least from a writing perspective, will be, like, uh, competently done. I don't have, like, big expectations for it to be, like, super engaging or interesting, but I think for what they're trying to go for, I'm sort of expecting them to do it, like, in a pretty decent way, in that sort of, like, slice of life kind of kids high school movie type yeah thing. definitely because looking at the writer's credits they've mostly have covered slice of life stuff so it's not unheard of that they would transition to a property like this so yeah and as always we've got kelly sheridan uh but also sarah edmondson i don't know if does that name ring a bell yeah um uh, windy whistles from my little pony friendship is magic we've got uh, Venus Tezros, Chiara Zani, Matt Hill, a surprisingly large cast for this sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, and so, for the singing voice of Barbie, they yes. have, uh, sorry, what was her name? Her name was Sky Sweetnam as Barbie's singing voice, a Canadian songwriter, actress, and music video director. Yeah, not really, I mean... She seems like she's like done some things, but I'm 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 not personally familiar with her work. Yeah, so. I am not familiar with her work at all. But we're sorry if there are any Sky Sweetnam fans out there. I so. mean, given that her last album release was in two thousand and nine. Oh. It'll be interesting if know, at but... Pink Isle Pod if you want to tweet us about that, I guess. <laughs> Do at us. Yes, please. So, like I said, it's going to be very interesting. Like I said, it's going to be very interesting to see how uh, the producers and writers of these Barbie movies transition to a setting like this. But yeah. also interesting in this movie, Barbie is actually referred to as Barbie and not like a different yeah. name. Yeah, which is another surprising thing. They actually referred to her as her full name, Barbie Roberts. Hmm. Yeah, I'm just like. Just sort of interested to see what's going to come out of this one. So pop open that diary. Oh, make sure the door is locked. Don't want to be caught while we read the <laughs> Barbie diary. Why did you have to make it sound that way? <laughs> From the new Barbie Diaries movie coming this spring. The new electronic diary and charm bracelet. Just wave the charm over the lock. To open to... 
your deepest thoughts, your secret wishes, four hiding spots, and your favorite Barbie Diaries jams. The new Poppin' and Unlockin' Barbie Diaries Electronic Diary and Charm Bracelet. Each diary has four secret compartments. Diaries each sold separately. Unlock your style, Barbie. You hold the key to it all. All right, we're back. Uh, <laughs> Shall we? Uh, I'm about, I think I'm just gonna about say it right now. Yeah, okay. I kind of, I, I, I hated this movie. <laughs> I, it was, I had no expectations and I was still disappointed. It is Same. way yeah. worse than I thought it was gonna okay. be. Okay, yeah, I have to agree with you. Like in some previous episodes, there have been times when watching these movies that I will check the time or boo at the screen. But, listener, I have to tell you, this was painful. Mm -hmm. Like, this was painful to just an alarming degree. Even with the other ones, like Swan Lake or Fairytopia, that were kind of, like, middle grade, at least they had, like, a cool art direction and some, like fantasy flavoring to still make and they still had that sort of like yeah. Barbie movie feeling to this but this just like so cynical and, and like gross. and uh-huh and I know like all the Barbie movies are like marketing ploys yes. for Barbie but this one like this was the most felt overt about it, it way more like literally every like new plot point seemed like an excuse to like get this new accessory thing you can buy and stuff and it was just like <laughs> yeah this movie like, I want to apologize to Fairytopia, because in that review, I just wouldn't stop complaining about the art style and the character design, and just compared to this, this is like... It's... Yeah, so... It is... So here's the thing. Most of these movies have been created by Rainmaker, and like we said earlier, it was produced by Curious Pictures, which... It feels very overt that this was their first foray into motion capture. Yeah. Like, I've said in past things that things looked very rotoscoped in terms of the dancing and stuff. This one, just, like, the textures that they use. When you mentioned earlier how this, like, studio had done a lot more, like, kind of, like, TV stuff, that's maybe why, because it has that feeling when, like, television writers try to, like, write, like, a feature-length movie mm -hmm. where it just feels like a bunch of, like, television episodes yeah. string together. If even better, it feels like a kid's cartoon that ends up being popular enough to warrant a feature-length film. But they don't actually have, like, an idea for a feature-length film story. Yeah, it's just, like, the, the TV studio's like, all right, we need a TV movie to play during these blocks. This show's popular. You t you make a whole movie out of it. Yeah, and this one had a theatrical release. Yes! Had a like, this was their big movie. This was their big movie. I, I don't know what they were seeing in this movie. To be honest, it's just... And the thing is, it's not even, like, bad in a really interesting way. It's no. just, like, bad in a super generic, like, every cliche from a mid-2000s teen movie thing. And, and even more so, like, it's bad from a complete technical standpoint. Yeah, in terms it's just, of... like, the way it's directed, the way it's edited, it's edited in such, like, a choppy, like hectic fashion that yeah, it just like kind of goes from scene to scene with no real like cohesiveness to it mm -hmm, and it's mm -hmm. like i don't want to place it on uh elise allen's and laura mccreary's shoulders in terms of like how oh. the sh 
I mean, because clearly, these are two writers that have gone on to do bigger and better things. Like, the thing is, you you almost get, like, snippets of what could be, like, kind of, like, clever or yeah. well-written dialogue in there, but it's structured in just such a bad way where I feel like it probably wasn't, like, their fault in specific. It's just, like, the kind of movie they were trying to push, you know? Definitely. And, and given so, the fact that this was a movie that was released within the same year as Barbie Fairytopia Mermaidia, mm -hmm. I get the impression that this was an extremely rushed job of a yeah. movie like something i definitely want to explore uh as we go into this podcast and maybe like get deeper into the canon of barbie movies is that i want to try and like look and investigate like some of the production stories behind these movies because most of them have been made by rainmaker and because considering that these were released under the same studio most of the time mm -hmm. under a yearly basis that almost indicates that there must have been, like, some level of rush and crunch time behind these movies. Yeah, but, like, I don't know. At least for the other ones, it's still, like, it didn't quite feel so cash-grabby as yeah. this one did. This one just kind of, like, I don't know. It definitely felt like it was trying to, like, get on some kind of, like, trend with, like, the slice of life kind of, like, teen doll series and mm -hmm. stuff. And it was yeah. just, like... I mean, it makes sense that this movie was directed by Eric Fogel, who is most known for the Mycene films and, yeah. like, that sort of stuff. So. It was definitely... It, it kind of had the feeling of one of those, like, mid-2000s Barbie Flash games that came yes. to life and became a movie. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. Definitely. The movie begins with uh, Barbie's band, The Charms, yeah. with a Z, playing their hit song, uh, This Is Me. Yeah, that was the first song. So we get this uh, opening sequence that just, I feel like, sets the tone. Very much so. For the rest like, of the movie. Yeah, I'll be honest. As soon as we started watching, it only took, like, about 12 seconds into this, like, music video, because that's basically what it is, mm -hmm. to, for me to realize, oh, no, this is not going to be a good time. No. Because, like I said, it feels very much like they were working on the budget of a TV show, and with the motion capture that they were using... We are in some very big, uncanny valley ways. Not in just, like, the facial expressions, which, don't get me wrong, look a pretty bad, but also just the general character movement is... Yeah, it's yeah. like, it doesn't... It's got that, like, weird, jerky look that a lot of motion capture animation has. Well, But it's, like... Yeah. But it, they, it doesn't have, like, the polish of, like, other... Like, say what you want about the Robert Semeckis films. At least, like, they did, even if they did have that Uncanny Valley, they did still have some, like, visual impressiveness to them. But this just yeah. feels so, like... And also, a thing that most people don't appreciate mm -hmm. about motion capture is that uh, most people just think that, oh, you put an actor in a studio, put a bunch of dots in them, and they act the scene out. But more often than not, uh, an interesting aspect to motion capture is that once the actors have acted the scenes out, there is some tweaking that is often employed by actual animators who will, like, go through, like, the scenes that have been animated already through motion and and basically make them uh, more pleasing to the eye. So, like, maybe they'll emphasize certain character expressions or improve the movement. But that's usually something that ends up happening on larger budgets. Yeah, it's, again, I feel like most of the issues 
from a technical standpoint of this film can be blamed on a very low budget with this movie. Yeah. I like the environment. That donut. They, I, I, I would want the matte paintings back because they yes. got these bland CGI environments that looks like, like, it's got, like, that early video game look mm-hmm, to it. Like, mm-hmm. I, I was almost waiting for, like, you know, the stars to come back and you had to do, like, the Wii motion controls. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't, I don't even want to talk about this no, plot that much. It, it's here's like, the thing. Here's the thing. We can excuse some of this, the bad technical aspects because of their poor budget and the no doubt rushed workplace environment that they were working yeah. under. That don't justify the writing and the scene composition and the editing. Like, yeah. yeah. So, okay, so anyway, we so, established that Barbie is in a high school band that, mm-hmm. you know, they always have in these movies, which... It, I've never seen a, an actual high school band. I assume they exist. But anyway, she's with a, she has her friends, uh, Tia and Courtney. And yeah. they, they have that classic, like, they go to the garage and they practice. But not really, because they prefer to talk and eat snacks. Yeah. They're relatable. Just yeah. like you. Buy our product. Anyway, <laughs> so in walks their friend... Kevin, Kevin, Kevin. Is a filmmaker, <laughs> and, and that type of late two thousands filmmaker, which basically translates to, oh, he carries a camcorder around. Oh, sure, he's got no sound apparatus or anything. He just like films that. random people. He's like that guy from Rent, but uh, somehow worse. Mark. Mark. God. I feel like any. I feel like all the things we're associating this movie with right now are just not good things to associate no, with. It Rent is... sucks. Don't at us. God, anyway, <laughs> so they decide that it's the last day before their sophomore year of high school, which they're sophomores. Yeah. Full disclosure, listener. I teach high school, and I've been around sophomores. They are not like this. To give credit to my sophomores, they are more obnoxious than the real sophomores that I've dealt with. Which, if you are in the field of education, you know what that's like. Yeah, it's definitely, because I'm sort of confused as to who this movie is supposed to be for, because it's obviously wanting to pander to more like a teen demographic, but it's like... Teenagers in the high school aren't going to be like into Barbie. No. It's more, it's almost for like a preteen. It's like thing. for a preteen audience that, uh, that hasn't like, graduated to like. That likes to teen think media. about like what. Uh, What's high, high school, school going like? to be like? Like, it gives this. I feel like this has the same sort of appeal that shows like Saved by the Bell mm-hmm. and High School Musical ended up having. Yeah. Where it gives you this very sanitized perception of high school. But the thing about at least those shows is that as annoying as they are, they're usually balanced out by at least some unique or interesting sort of character drama. But this, this is just bland mean girls. Yeah, it's like they're, they really try to go do like a mean girls plot, but like without like the exaggeration or satire that mean girls had. Yeah. So it just feels like. And mean girls came out Mm -hmm. two years before this movie. So this just makes this thing feel all the more cynical and just yeah. lazy. It also takes like halfway through the movie for like the actual plot to happen that yes. they're trying to do. 
Okay, yeah. Yeah, so. so anyways, so they're friends, and they have their friend Kevin, who's a filmmaker, who is like... We'll get to Kevin. Yeah, they're weird fourth wheel. So they go, and they go... To by, the sunset, because yeah. it's, oh, it's, it's... School year starts. What's your wish for the year? Yeah. And uh, Barbie wishes to be the anchor of the school news channel. Courtney wishes to improve her drumming. Tia wishes to be the class president. And Kevin refuses to say his wish out loud. And oh my god, I know what his wish was. God, this movie. Mm -hmm. So, the next day, they're driving to school, which... Sophomores? sophomores? I did not get my license till like, the summer before my junior year. Yeah. Like, they even if say that they're like... you're a sophomore, you are like 14 to 15 years old. This yeah. is... I mean, like, there, I think there were some, like, sophomores that, like, maybe turned 16, but it was usually wasn't till like, later in the no. year. Yeah, exactly. I just... Whatever, you got to sell that, that Barbie car, because mm -hmm. we said that this thing feels especially cynical, and it looks like an advertisement for thing. But interestingly enough, a lot of the actual merch that they made for this movie seems mostly limited to just depicting the main trio of characters, plus another one we'll get to. Mm -hmm. That's about it, which makes me think, like, maybe the reason why they wanted to shift this to a more modern high school aesthetic is that way they don't, they could use this to promote all the other sort of Barbie products that were on the market at that yeah. point. It's like, and there's no horse carriage in this one, which which automatically makes it a bottom tier movie. So, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're keeping true to that formula yeah. at this point. How so. do you think this one fits into the Barbie cinematic universe? I think it's like the like the Incredible Hulk movie where it's kind of in the canon, but also. But everyone not. wants to ignore it because it's bad. Anyway, <laughs> so they arrive to school, but their parking spot is taken by. Barbie's ex-best friend Raquel. Which they never actually go into that ex-best yeah, friend Yeah, like, thing. why was she your, like, Barbie says that they used to be best friends in fifth grade, but some... It's okay, they gotta do the mean girls thing, okay? Yeah, That's the thing. and they also made a doll for Raquel for... Yeah, because they never really give any sympathetic traits to Raquel, even no. though they almost kind of set up like they are gonna, but then it doesn't happen. Yeah, it's... It's strange like yeah. you expect like this movie to like you know take something somewhat intelligent and this feels especially mean to say i feel like but i just think that they took the safest sort of paths when writing and crafting this narrative mm -hmm. i don't know it was yeah. just anyway exhausting. barbie kind of goes through like these like uh uh, imagine spots where mm -hmm. she's like she wants to talk to Todd, who Todd, is Raquel's who boyfriend, who's like a football a jock, jock, yeah. and our red herring love interest. Mm -hmm. so, like, so essentially, Todd and Raquel end up breaking up, and Barbie and him end up getting Hanging close. Out and oh, he drives her home from school. Yeah, and also before that, they established that. Raquel ends up getting the news anchor position and Barbie ends up getting shuffled to, like, her assistant. But th they have a teacher running the news anchor. Yes, Mr. Okay. Wexler. Mr. Wexler. Okay, this... This piece of crap. Okay, Mr. Wexler. He talks to her about how, like, oh, you're such a great reporter and writer. You have all the great makings of a good news reporter. 
Except we're not going to put you on air because Raquel, she brings drama and edge. The, some really this... cutting edge stuff, which is just like... It's like the... It's, who is this man? Who is who, who this man? Who lets him teach at this school? Like... Who, no one regulates this except this, like, one teacher that doesn't regulate it. It's like... There is just, like, zero regulation. And we're going to go into some of the weird, truly messed up stuff that be- comes from this freaking news station. But mm-hmm. for keep, keep Mr. Wexler in your mind, because he is... Ooh, he's... One of the biggest sour points in this movie for me. Oh, and we also forgot to mention about Kevin. So she finds out that Raquel and Todd are fighting and breaking up. Because Kevin is like, I was filming the cheerleaders. And they were like, why were you doing that? Why were you doing that? he was like, uh, no reason. Ah! So they make like, so they establish this character. So he's a perv. He's a perv. In this Barbie movie. In this Barbie movie. This little girl's children's movie. (laughs) And considering things that end up happening, it's just like, why? Why why did... Okay, movie, I get it. You want to make him the offbeat. Oh, he's the wacky character that we get to see how he's... But he has, like, no real likable traits to him. No! It could be kind of cool. Like, oh, he likes film. Like, maybe explore stuff like that more. But instead, you just make him the weird friend. It just seems like a missed opportunity mm-hmm. to make like an actual genuinely likable character. And uh, ah! I don't know. Anyway, this whole like this whole beginning part of the movie is just kind of vague in my mind because it all go it all happens so quickly. Yes, because uh, so every time we mention a plot point, listener, within this synopsis, just imagine like a weird pink wavy screen that will just transition even though they'll usually be in the same place afterwards but they'll just be like whoosh and then Mm -hmm. some guitar riff that'll transition it just feels like it's like the zoe 101 but bad but really bad yeah like the thing that we while we were watching this i could have swore i thought that this was like a failed pilot for a barbie tv show but it literally does it feels like a television episode stretched out to like this movie is only an, an hour and 10 minutes long but it feels like it goes on forever it felt like it went forever and like by the time we were at the halfway mark we just were looking at the time like oh what where is it at now and then despair so despair that was the mood during this entire movie yeah so barbie's friends are happy that she and todd are friends and they say they should go to the fall formal, the school dance, which, okay, this is, like, only, like, the first or second day of school. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't give any frame of, like, this all feels like this happens within the same week. Yeah. Even though, like, theoretically, this will be taking place over, like, a number of months. Yeah, but it's, like, I don't know. Time is meaningless. Nothing means anything. And we just gotta go with it. Indeed. So... As they're talking about this, Todd invites them to watch him at football practice, which, okay, okay whatever, fine, that's weird, but... Is that a thing kids just did in high school? Because I don't no, remember. I mean, we were, we were both marching band kids, yeah, so that's was, that was our scene. I feel like anyone who sits and watches their practice of any kind, like, for a sport or after school activity, without actually joining in it, 
That's just gonna weird everyone else out. I don't know. Maybe it's a thing to think that think that happens. If anyone out there wants to give their two cents, right. if that's something you did in high school, at Pink please Pod. let us know. But they got those bleachers that every high school movie has that everyone just hangs out on for some reason. For some reason, even though most of the time football stadiums are like a couple of feet away from the actual school, like you would yeah. have to actually walk, and there is no way these people will let them leave the school grounds. What the why? Anyway, like the only time we ever went to the bleachers if there wasn't a football game was like if there was a fire drill that yeah. was where we had to go also there are just like only three school officials here that actually like seem to do a modicum of their work and mm-hmm. i'm just like i feel insulted just by the teacher presence in here mm-hmm. so to get a dress for the fall formal uh, Tia, Courtney, and Barbie head to the mall. So to go shopping. They gotta go shopping. They gotta yes. get the perfect dress. And they do a total montage where they cycle through her shoes. They give off the purse. And she comes out in a couple of dresses. But they both say no. And she eventually finds the right one. But in the midst of this, they find out shock and horror, Raquel is shopping around in that store as well. Yeah. And... And then they are informed that uh, Raquel and Todd had gotten back together. Cool. cool. But this is where they meet the mysterious shopkeeper. Stephanie. That was her name? That was her name. Stephanie. Which... The most mysterious name of all. Indeed. So, Stephanie is just, like, this random retail worker, which, at first, like, Raquel's being a lot of, like, would you mind ringing this up for me? And as soon as she leaves, she's just, like... God, I hate her. She is the worst. I hate anyone who's worked in retail. You've probably dealt with some level of a regular customer, especially if you've worked in a mall clothing store where you just like encountered like the person who constantly shops for this clothes and are usually the worst. <laughs> but also, Stephanie feels sorry for Barbie, so she gives her free jewelry and a diary. A mysterious diary. Yes, which is like, what is this? What are you, I'm like, like, I'm not asking that this movie makes 100% logical sense, but at the very least, I'm just hoping that like, I don't know, if they're trying to make this true to life in like this whole slice of life genre, You'd think that they would try to be less... Yeah, the, there's just, like, this you're... random, like, trying-to-be-magic element, but it's never really, like, established or gone yeah. into, so it feels, like, so out of place in it. It's just, yeah. like, it's very it's very strange. It is. It's so weird. Okay. So, so Barbie feels humiliated the next day of school because Raquel has taken time from her. So she starts to write about it in her diary. And then, in a very necessary scene, she drops her bracelet and she goes through this weird chase scene where she's, like, dodging out of people's way. And were this animated in a non-motion capture format, this could have been a decently comedic scene. Like, that sort of stuff is usually pretty amusing to watch. But the movement is very stiff and just uncanny and that leads it to being just a very unenjoyable watch literally i didn't cannot remember the scene happening <laughs> yeah because it's... at the very end 
Once she picks up the bracelet, she lands in front of the poster to perform as a band at the fall formal. Yeah, they establish this band thing, and you think, oh, it's going to be a plot point where they're going to have to, like, work to uh, audition for this band, but they never really even show them auditioning. Or really playing anything, aside from, like, the first scene and the last scene. Portia, she's got the keyboard, but the songs they play never have a keyboard sound They never have a keyboard, which I don't understand why. Like, (laughs) Like, in terms of 3D animation, the model for a guitar and the model for a bass are are extremely similar. All you gotta do is just change the number of strings. Like, and you could even, like, recycle guitar animations onto the bass player and it would be fine. Why is she not playing bass? I don't... It's... Like I said, you just gotta go with it. Time is meaningless. (sighs) So... Nothing matters. So... What even happens next? Yeah, so... (laughs) So... Uh... They decide to sign up their band charms and that she and she wants to try and perform because that will make them more popular and help uh tia's campaign and courtney's uh drumming ability which that's a plot point that's dropped have they mentioned the secret admirer thing not yet so a thing that barbie and kevin do by themselves is that they'll have a movie night and while they're doing this movie night barbie talks to kevin about how Raquel cares about being a news anchor so that she can be popular, not the news. And Kevin gives her the idea to study what makes popular students different from unpopular students. Which... I don't think anyone ever in any high school actually cared as much about popular kids and non-popular kids. I will tell you right now, I think if 21 Jump Street taught us anything, like, this idea of, like, the very catty bullying popular kids don't get me wrong that still happens but most of the time if someone's popular it's usually because they're just a nice person that's decently approachable if anything they're popular because they're like very accessible and kind of bland which makes them like approachable to pretty much anyone yeah it's like i don't know like of course this is meant to be like an idealized version of what a high school is like, but I mean, it's just, it just feels so forced the way it, they do it. It really does. So Barbie is going to uh, start studying the popular kids and Kevin gives her his camera and when he delivers the camera, Courtney and Tia see a look on Kevin's face And And they're like, ooh, you like her. Which, okay, at this point in the movie, this was where the movie just went from bad to worse. Because as soon as they introduced the element of like, oh, he has the crush, it just made everything just all the more unpalatable. Because here's the thing. I do not appreciate them making Kevin a perv. I really don't appreciate them not giving him any, like, not skeevy traits. Yeah, Yeah, like, they make him just so overtly the weird kid. But at least something I was able to appreciate is, like, oh, he's just a guy they're just friends with. Like, if they just kept it like that, that would be actually kind of a positive in my mind because so many of these high school stories, like, 
constantly build up of the idea of like, oh, if you're friends, you'll you'll get together eventually, which... But Henry, he's the best friend. He deserves a relationship with her because he's the nice one. <laughs> so, at school, they notice Todd and Raquel having another argument, and Barbie shows Tia and Courtney a lip gloss disguised as a text highlighter. Yeah. Because in a previously established scene, they were in, like, a science classroom, and one of the teachers confiscated, like, a girl's lip gloss because they're not allowed to, like, apply makeup in class, which... First off, from experience, we are not going to confiscate that sort of stuff from a high school student. Like, what are we... No. Like, at the very least, like, maybe give it to them by the end of class. But usually confiscation is, like, a last-ditch effort. We don't We don't like to do that. Yeah. The whole lip gloss thing was weird because it was, like, a subplot that really had no purpose being yes! there. The thing about disguising a highlighter as lip gloss... First off, this highlighter does not look any different. I mean, it'd be one thing if, if you could see a brush at the end of it or something like that, but... But it's like, they're still gonna notice you yeah, put, like, putting highlighter on your lips in class. <laughs> if anything, that will draw more attention yeah, to you. Yeah, because like, people are gonna be like, what the... What, what are you doing? <laughs> so, oh yeah. Then Barbie opens her locker, and that's when she finds a note from a secret admirer. Wow, I wonder who could it be? It's there's such only, a mystery. There's only two named high school boys in this movie, and one is the obvious red herring. I wonder who it could possibly be. Yeah, one totally has a crush on them, and I, I just don't know. Oh, God. So, in the notes, they're all, like, super cheesy poems. But there's this one later oh, on that's, we'll like... we'll get to that one oh, later. But, okay. yeah. Let, listener, be warned. These notes... Oh, God. We needed an adult during mm -hmm. this movie. Just... Mm -hmm. it. We did not feel safe. So, Raquel's two friends, Regan and Don, who are just kind of these standard rich girls, they invite Barbie to hang out with them because they, like the lipstick highlighter thing that they made him. Mm -hmm. And Barbie sees it as an opportunity to get the sweet deets about them. Which, yes. A, unless it's like some deep undercover shit, you gotta disclose that stuff. Yeah. Like, if this is a journalism class that you're doing this TV station for, which, why, what else would it be? Like, you need to disclose that stuff. The whole point of journalism classes is so that you can, like, learn the basics of journalistic ethics as well as some basic writing. Like, yeah, this this isn't, like, some tabloid bullshit. This ain't TMZ. But, like, the teacher approves of it, I though. know, he, that's like, the weirdest thing. It's like, and she's like, I'm going to get into the secret life of the popular girls. But uh. it's like... So this is where it starts definitely getting into, like, the Mean Girls rip-off territory, definitely. where it's like, oh, she abandons her friends and she becomes popular, but at what cost? Yes, so uh, Barbie's hanging out with the two friends, and Raquel doesn't take kindly to this, so she starts making her life miserable. But Barbie decides to ignore her because she's still getting secret admirer's letters. And the latest one says that she'll see her admirer during lunch. Cool. Wow. And she does when she sits with Kevin. But she still thinks it's Tom because she walked past her table. What a coincidence. Uh, 
Just then, the band walks out from their audition. We don't get to see them perform their audition. Sure, they released like a CD for all the songs that they made in this movie, including songs by Kesha. Well, like, like you never really, you, never you, only see hear, them. you hear like snippets of it, but it's always like in the background, so you never really hear it. I was looking forward to some Kesha music, but I was disappointed. My ears were disappointed. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, but suddenly they are called to the office because they're in trouble for uh, making the lip gloss highlighters. And, and this is the school that allows, like, the gossip news station overseen by a, te- by a teacher, but, like, having lipstick in class is oh, too heaven far. forbid. Like, sure, you're being complicit in acts that could be best described as, like, a very elaborate form of potential bullying, as well as severe breaches of privacy, but no, Making we got Making a lipstick highlighter is too dang far. How oh God. dare they? Is this like a Catholic high school? I do not know. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if this does feel somewhat true to form with that. I mean, it is a very fancy school. Maybe it is a private school. <laughs> Probably one of those like rich charter schools. Oh, that yeah. Heck, oh, man. It is Zoe 101. They <laughs> don't live there. So they're on lunch duty and Barbie and the girls get into a food fight. So they're asked to clean dishes and they start throwing old discarded food. People have their mouths on that. (laughs) And they start throwing it at each other. And it's like. it's so gross. I know. Like I said, this whole lip gloss thing was just kind of like. Like I said, it's the weird that feels where it was supposed to be like a B-plot in like a TV episode, but like somehow got like put in here. Yeah. Here's the thing. I was totally expecting them to be like an aspect of this movie to be like, oh, now there's demand for the lip gloss thing. And maybe Barbie will realize, oh, no, they're just trying to take advantage of me for these thing. Or even more, it could be just like another element of things that are distracting her. Or maybe she realizes, oh, Maybe I don't need to be a news anchor. I'm able to do this thing. I could start a business, like something. So yeah, they have this very amusing food fight, but this stops once they are told over the school announcements that Charms will be playing the fall formal, which why would you just announce that over the, the intercom? Just like send an email. Or tell them in person. Like, heck, you were sent to the principal's office. Like, that could have been, like, an interesting scene. So the principal's office chews them out and tells them that they're on lunch duty. And as they're going out, tell them, oh, by the way, you'll be playing the fall formal. And that could, like... To be honest, though, things being announced over the intercom definitely was something I remember happening in high school. But it was usually, like, the morning announcements where they were happening. Yeah, exactly. Like, plus, no one knows who Charms is. Yeah, okay. What's 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 happening next? So, because of all these great things happening to Barbie, she thinks that her luck is turning around because of her diary and her bracelet. Which they never really established, like, this whole magic thing. Like, she goes back to the department store and tries to, like, talk to Stephanie again. But then the lady is like, I'm the only person who has ever worked here. I am the sole employee of this retail store. Which, okay, that is ludicrous god bless you for doing that uh but also like 
Who is this woman? Who is Stephanie? Why is she just going into random stores and like giving free jewelry? To she co- was magic. Maybe. I just, I'm just. <laughs> I don't. So, okay. So the Barbie wiki points out that this store assistant looks strikingly similar to Stephanie. However, she's much older. I guess. I did not really. Get I that did not impression. pick that up at all. Like. Yeah. Here's the thing, listener, like, it felt like watching this movie that, like, literally all the character models felt, like, the same, except you would swap out their hair and their clothes. Like, even the principal, who was, like, this older woman with, like, short gray hair and stuff, she still had very similar facial proportions to Barbie. Yeah, like maybe that's why they didn't show a lot of adult characters. Like, we never see anyone's parents. Yeah, because, like, the teachers are all the same height as the students. Yeah. Yeah, they never... I never, like, saw them crediting, like, who actually did the motion capture. Yeah, that also movie. makes me feel a little uncomfortable about the potential working conditions that were being used in this film. Like... This sort of, like, plays into the theory that this was a very rushed film production and stuff. Mm -hmm. Obviously, this isn't any confirmation of that. This is just speculation. But based off of everything we've seen, I wouldn't put them past them. She just kind of hangs out with the popular girls for a while. Yeah, and they start, like, spreading gossip and, like, talking smack about Raquel and each other. And, of course, it's like, Barbie is becoming one of them. Yeah, because Tia's about to have a political rally so she can become sophomore class president. (laughs) But she has to stay with the popular girls because she got another note saying that I'll be seeing you in the parking lot. But you won't see me. But you What? This is horrifying. That is what a serial killer said to you. Bad! Bad! I need an adult! Stop this! You know, you think when they established that apparently this diary has some kind of magical ability to make things happen, this would lead to some kind of, like, Death Note scenario? But unfortunately, we are not I'll tell you this, this film made me wish for a Death Note, but... (laughs) (laughs) Which, okay, Kevin, you're sending these notes to her. You know, a little creepy, but whatever, fine. If you know that Tia's rally is so important, why would you send her a note that could potentially, like, make things bad for her? Like, what purpose does it help you with if you tell her to go to a different location? Like, here's what you could have written instead. You'll see me at Tia's rally, but you won't see me. Similar effect does the exact same thing, but at least you don't screw over your friends that way. Like, what is your deal? I don't know. I don't know why they're friends with him. He's just I like... Know. I mean, like, they sort of establish, like, at least some rapport. Like, they're, like... I don't know. I think it's just that, like, they are able to feel comfortable around each other and, like, sort of express the weirder aspects of themselves. I don't know. That's what I got from it. But it still just, like, feels so undercut by just how weird they all act. Like, no one in this movie acts like a freaking human. Which, some of you might be like, oh, it's a Barbie movie, how can you expect them to be human? But no! These previous movies have shown us that, like, you are able to do this! Yeah, and... Just because it's a Barbie movie doesn't mean you can't write compelling characters! And, like, at least with the other movies, it felt like there was, like, 
an effort to like make something that at the very least was like a good kind of like children's movie but this one just feels it's just so shallow in the way it's just like i know i'm not one of those people that really likes to be like this children's movie didn't appeal to me personally but here's the thing like who would this appeal to yeah we asked because obviously like People have, like, nostalgia for the other Barbie movies. People, like, appreciate them for what they are. But this movie, it's like... No one talks about it. And now we know the reason why. Why? Because it definitely feels like it was kind of going into, like, the fashion doll, Bratz trend. And people just, like, don't really think back fondly to things like that that often. Like, obviously, I haven't played with a lot of Barbie when I was younger. But what I remember most of my siblings and friends enjoying about Barbie dolls is that you get to tell stories with them. It wasn't about changing their clothes. It was about, like, putting them in situations and, like, having them, like, acted out. It was... And if, like, if anyone has any remember memories of playing dolls as a kid, a lot of times you didn't, like... You went to some dark places with these exactly. doll storylines. Like, you would, you, it would usually be a very good way of expressing yourself. And, like, there's a reason why dolls have a very real therapeutic value. Mm-hmm. But, like, what's the point? Yeah. What's the point? Okay. So, go, go, okay, we yeah, need to get what, to What's going on? So, now as Barbie is becoming more popular, she is confronted by Tia and Courtney when she realized that she would rather be popular than study or band practice. But Kevin shows them a teaser of the upcoming report, ensuring her that it's all going to be okay. Except, it totally reveals the fact that Barbie is... Like, talking shit about her, like, friends to the popular girls? Yeah. Yeah, Kevin has no real awareness of... I just want... Like... It feels like Kevin just makes things a whole lot worse, which makes me wonder, like, what's your end game, buddy? So Barbie ends up showing the the study film, and he looks over it and he's like, I love it. It's brilliant. We're gonna air it this Friday night. Which Mr. Wexler, what the hell is your damage? Like, what are you doing with your life? Where yes. Let's take down these high school girls down a peg. Sure, popularity is something that's only going to be fleeting for the next two years of their lives because they're only freaking sophomores, but whatever. Let's just make them look bad to the entire school, exposing them to bullying and harassment. This man should not be allowed to work with children. No! I just... uh... You're someone who's in the field of journalism. I'm someone in the field of education. And we can both say that this man is a disgrace to both fields. It's just, it just feels so outside of the realm of reality. And I get that, like, high school journalism in particular. My school did not have really a journalism presence, but my high school. But, like, even then, you would expect the teacher to be, like, the one that kind of regulates these kind of things. Yeah, like, like, if anything, like, it's usually the job. Because here's the thing. This sort of news story seems like the kind of thing a high schooler would actually propose. Like, ooh, I want to do an expose on the popular kids. But usually, the teacher would be the one, like, okay, but that's not news. Yeah, and literally Raquel beforehand was doing stories about, like, coffee shops and fashion yeah it's like i don't like why 
those are like puff pieces that could be good for a high like school, but for like, a high school. But like, but literally, most... the thing that first thing I tell you in journalism when you're like doing like uh, story ideas, it's like you need to like specify your topic. Exactly. But this one is just I don't know. Like I get it. It's a it's a kids movie, but still it feels so. But no, there have been other like kids movies that breached this topic earlier better like sesame street is doing like a great series right now where cookie monster is a journalist and he explains the importance of journalism and understanding the who what when where and why sesame street i have not heard about this it's great yeah it's it just happened this year too it's it's great but it's cute yeah it is cute and this is something for like preschoolers (laughs) barbie okay so at the band rehearsal Barbie and her friends celebrate Barbie becoming an anchor and thanks them for being patient. But Regan and Dawn confront Barbie for using them, which fair, fair, because she pretty much did use them to air their dirty laundry and be fake friends with them. Like, they sort of try to paint it like, oh, no, they're being so unreasonable. But no, 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 they're in the right. Like, honestly, Regan and Dawn, they don't seem like that bad people. They just seem like some rich, privileged girls that, like, are kind of, like, stuck in their popular crowd. Yeah, and they, like, they call Barbie out, and Barbie totally deserves it. Yeah. Because, like, Barbie gets very unlikable towards the end of this movie, and it never really feels like she, like, makes amends. No. Yeah, it's just kind of like, she does one good thing, and everyone instantly forgives her. So we cut back to a scene where uh, Barbie and her friends are in gym, and they put mustard in her shoes. And they're all like, ugh, such a great prank for a fourth grader. And it's like, no, 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 no. You don't get to pull the immaturity card, Barbie. So, uh, so Raquel hears that, oh, these secret admirer notes might be coming from Todd. So this prompts her to steal, I mean, borrow the bracelet. And because of that, Barbie has lost her lucky charm. So soon, Tia and Courtney confront Barbie about how she's been totally ignoring them and also spreading rumors about them within the film that she's producing. All the while, Barbie is obsessed with, like, trying to find the bracelet because she needs it. It's good. It's, her, it's the only thing that keeps good things from happening. And, sh- and they're just like... Screw you. No, I'm not hanging out with you. Which, you know what? Good. Yeah, it's, I don't know. Is the the diary supposed to be magic or is the bracelet magic? So, I think what the gimmick is is that the bracelet opens the diary. Uh Uh-huh. And if she can't open the diary, the things that she writes in the diary can't come true. Even though she's writing about this stuff after the fact... I, what? How did she think this? Okay. They never. They never explain it. It's okay. We just gotta. Yeah. Anyway, we go through this whole scene where Barbie's like at her lowest. Her friends have left her, and so, like I said before, she goes to the newscast and she decides not to show the video of the popular kids. Which I don't know how she was able to control what they were showing on air. If she's it just was the angry live. Yeah. Like how? Like first she, off. This is a high school thing. If anything, you film ahead of time and then you broadcast it later after editing. Like, there's no need for it to be live. Just, I don't know. Anyway, so she ends up, like, showing 
the uh, Kevin's films or whatever instead. Yeah. But like, like I said, no teacher is looking over this, so whatever. I mean, Wexler is kind of looking over this, but he's mostly disappointed. Yeah. So. Fire him, please. Fire him, please. Well, Investigate him. He's he's so shady. Shady. Yeah. And shitty. Both. So, after seeing the film, Tia and Courtney apologize. No, they don't apologize. They forgive her, and they decide to go to the fall formal. And, of course, she got that dress that she was going to buy earlier but didn't, so. Mm-hmm. But before she goes, she's sad that she can't find her bracelet. But Kevin comforts her, and she grows more confident in herself. And he gives her a bracelet made out of broken guitar string. So the real magic was inside you all along. Yeah. Even though it's later established that it was actually magic. Like, um, yeah, anyway, they, they go to the dance and then they do the whole band performance thing. and everyone loves it. Yeah, and Raquel is wearing the bracelet. And while they're doing that, like, the bracelet, like, Flies off her wrist like magically, and yeah. it like moves across the it's floor. It's like, oh my god, it's a horcrux. Oh god. No, or whatever one of the rings of power were. They want to return to the master. Oh no. It has a mind of its own. You see, they could have gone to some dark places with this movie that they didn't really. It's just surface level implications. Definitely. You know? like... So Raquel tells Todd, "Oh, it's time to leave with her," but he ignores her. And later tries to dance with Barbie. Yeah, she like she like trips in the wine and like people start laughing at the her. Because it's okay. Because she's the mean girl, so she deserves it, right? Yeah. yeah, totally no emotional depth you could potentially explore with a character like her. Sure, you could maybe like try to better understand like, oh, why does she feel like she needs to be mean? Like, listen, I don't really like the whole message of like, oh, you should be nice to a bully because they might just be misunderstood or, oh, they might just not know how to emotionally express themselves, which that's not the best message to put on a kid. But this, it's better than this. Yeah. Like, encouraging at least some level of empathy, especially in a high school setting. Like, yeah. y'all. But anyway, so... Barbie's dancing with Todd. Yeah, Todd. But then she realized that he wasn't the secret admirer. And who could have who could have thunk it? Who could it be? Uh-huh. So she ends up going back to Kevin and I don't know, what does she say to him? Like the real love was beside me all along. I don't know, something. Yeah, oh no. Yeah, she was talking to Kevin and he's like, Oh, I'm I'm happy for you and Todd and she's like, nah. I want to be someone who really gets me, because... Mm-hmm. Even though we never really show much about how he gets her, aside from writing really generic poetry. And also, like, the movie night thing, which, I mean, don't get me wrong, that's, like, a fun thing. Like, I kind of liked that detail, because that's, like... That, that feels like a very something... real thing that, like, two friends would actually do. Yeah. But, like... I don't know. Like I said, Kevin just... Like, he does shitty things in the movie, and he never really apologizes or make amends yeah, for it. Yeah, like, he's the reason why she pursued this terrible, like, popular girl story. Like, yeah. what? we're just gonna, like, let that fly? No! But Kevin! Don't you see? He's the nice guy. He deserves it, you guys. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, that freaking spiky-haired boy. Yeah, freaking smash mouth <laughs> Smash mouth <laughs> So they're just, so they as they dance the night away, we cut to yeah. them enjoying 
Another movie night. Yeah, he also gave her her bracelet back, and she, like, has a monologue where she was like, was it magic? Who can tell? Which, Except for the one scene where it was, like, obviously moving on its own. So yeah. obviously it ain't, like, a red herring. But, and then the movie just kind of, like, cuts to a still background credit sequence. Like, yeah, no fade, no, like, transition. It's just, like... Boom, we're done. Slap in the face. Yeah, I hope much... you enjoyed that hour and ten minutes that you just spent. <sighs> so, did you like the movie? Uh, uh, actually, it was amazing. Top tier. Mm. Better than Citizen better than, Kane. Better than Heather's. Better than all the other high school movies. Better, better than, than Freaky Friday. Better, yeah, all the high school movies. You know, uh, Freaky Friday, Mean Girls, Citizen Kane, Heather's. <laughs> They're all in there, but... Uh, Don't it, watch this movie. It's not worth it. No, like, here's the thing. Like, we do this podcast because, like we said, we agree that there is some merit to, like, actually analyzing yeah, these Yeah, and we never but... wanted this, like, podcast to be, like, a whole let's nitpick these children's movies thing and get, like, like over-exaggeratedly, uh, over-exaggeratedly upset about them. Yeah, because, like, these... Because, like, the internet is way too full of that sort of stuff as it is anyway. But with this movie, it's just such a disappointment. We're not mad. We're disappointed. Yeah, I just, like, I know this franchise can do better because there are some genuinely good movies up on the horizon. Coming to this movie right from Pegasus, it's like... Yeah, if Pegasus can show us, like, some of the best potential these movies can offer in terms of storytelling... The Barbie Diaries definitely demonstrate the worst. Yeah, I definitely think we can start, like, uh, putting this movies off to tiers. So in top tier, we have, like, Pegasus, Princess and the Popper, and Rapunzel. Yeah. And then in the mid-tier, you kind of get, like, Nutcracker on the top and kind of maybe in the middle is Fairytopia and maybe have Swan Lake kind of more towards the bottom. But, but this, this one, is the first one that is, like, straight bad tier yeah, for just me. Yeah, just in the garbage can, just don't. Don't do it. Yeah, just don't. Just... Please don't watch this movie. You might be listening to this and be like, oh, this might be a fun, mo- bad movie. It's night. not like, even no. bad in a fun way. It's no. bad in an extremely bland and boring way. Like, But without any of like the artistry or fantasy flavoring that like even the other kind of boring ones had. There's just nothing to this movie to enjoy for, I don't know. I don't even There's know if the, okay. like young kids would like it that much. Yeah. I mean, it does feel a bit extreme to say there's nothing to enjoy, but I do think, like, anything you could enjoy within this movie can be found in better movies that impart better messages, as well as just do a better job with their storytelling. Yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, this one was the only movie that was, like, somewhat hard to watch. Yes. Hard to sit through. I'm giving this one a one magic bracelet out of five. I'm giving this movie a single gross meatball <laughs> out of a giant sea of weird food fights. Why? Why did you? Okay, yeah. So, thank you all for listening. Yeah, we're sorry this one is kind of a bummer. This but... one is a little bit of a bummer. Yeah, it's not even, like, bad in a fun way. It was bad in a painful way. Definitely. But... Like... but we got to a mermaidia. Next yes. Time. So, so yeah. could you imagine just how disappointed 
it would be to go from like Magic Pegasus to Mermaidia and then this. Yeah, at least like at least now we got this one out of the way, yes. so we can hopefully go on to some more enjoyable ones. Yeah, because like the next few upcoming movies, we got some Mermaidia. We got. Twelve Dancing Princesses. Is it the third Fairytopia movie or uh, Island Princess first? Uh, no, it's going to be Fairytopia, Mermaidia, Twelve Dancing Princesses, The Magic of the Rainbow. Then that's when we get to Island Princess and her butterfly fairy friends and the Diamond Castle and the Christmas Carol. So yeah, so we got. I feel like they they do do some more kind of like contemporary-ish stories in the Definitely. future, but most of them have like some kind of like still fantasy element to them. Well, even then, like something I want to talk about later on is that there are shows like Life in the Dreamhouse and the Barbie vlogs that all are in that contemporary high school like setting, except they end up feeling just a whole lot better. Maybe it's because they do that. T- that's like an actual TV show where they can like flesh out things more. Yeah. But like I don't know, it felt like this... I would not want to watch a TV show of this. Could you yeah, imagine? No, it's just very, very generic. Just kind of not a lot of fun or joy to be had in Barbie Diaries, which sucks because I was really wanting to be like surprised by this one. Definitely. But alas, alas, the only feeling I feel is regret and sadness. Well, we at least hope that you don't feel regret and sadness by listening to The Pink Isle. Also, shout out to our uh, fans in Indonesia. Yeah, we've been... That's our second biggest country, so... Of listenership. Yeah, we appreciate you. So, uh, if you enjoyed this podcast or enjoyed us feeling this pain, or at least appreciate us going through this so you didn't have to, Mm -hmm. uh, give us, like, a rating on your podcast uh, platform of choice. Yeah, we always appreciate feedback. If you want to roast us, please go ahead. But please do it in a constructive way. Yeah, send us... Our poor hearts can only take so much after this. After this movie. Yeah, Mm -hmm. send your roast to pinkislepod on twitter.com. And also, yeah, yeah, I guess... And if there are any, like, Barbie Diaries fans out there that are really, like, hardcore stands for this movie, we just want to apologize. No, if anything, if there are any stands for this movie out, I just want to know, who are you? Please. Tell us your story. Yes. The world needs to know why you like this movie. You think there's just someone out there that's just like, this is my favorite childhood movie. They're tearing something apart. I, I hope if you not do gonna... exist out there, we are sorry. Kinda. So, <laughs> I'm not. Anyway, <laughs> so, yes, as always, thank you for listening and supporting our work. Emma, yeah. where can people find your uh, stuff? I work for USI, The Shield. Henry does the YouTubes. Uh huh. He's really good at it, and oh, he deserves you. more recognition because um, he works real hard. That's all you. I'm saying. Thank you. I yeah. try my best. So, and we've already plugged the Twitter enough, but uh, also shout out to our theme song, Dolls by Nine Muses. Uh, if you're a group of musicians or an individual person who makes songs and you think you can make a better theme song to this, one that doesn't potentially infringe upon copyright, Give us a DM on Twitter. We'd love to hear your music. Yeah. Yeah. So with all that said, thank you for listening. We look forward to seeing you in Fairytopia next time. 
But until then, goodbye. Close the diary and please never open it again. Burn it. Burn it to the ground. The... Goodbye. Yeah. You got it. Stop. Burn it. Burn, burn it. it. Burn, burn it. it. Just burn it down. <laughs>